Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the new Google Podcasts app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and on the Overcast app for iOS. Joining me on location here in Pensacola Beach, Florida, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who has had two top 40 songs on the Texas charts and multiple Female Vocalist of the Year nominations and been a finalist in many songwriting competitions. She has performed in the likes of Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, obviously Nashville, and of course here in Florida as well. Her six-song self-titled debut EP was released two years ago. You've been hearing a song of hers called You Still Need Me. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Kenzie Coppin. Hello. Hi, listeners, and thank you so much for having me today. Um, I feel very honored. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you here. Thanks for taking time because... Listeners, if you could see the day that we're having right now in Pensacola <laughs> Beach, oh my gosh, the sun. It's and gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's nice and hot, but um, not too hot in the shade. And the beach is like really, really close and really, yeah. really calling Kenzie's name. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for taking the time to put this before the beach. Absolutely. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. Sure. And let's start by having you tell the listeners about the song that was just playing that I was rudely talking over <laughs> called You Still Need Me. Yes. Um, you Still Need Me is a duet that I wrote um, in Nashville when I was about 17 with um, an artist named Greg Bates. He's also still a songwriter in Nashville. He's great. Um, And, you know, I was kind of going through a rocky relationship. Um, I recorded this EP a couple years ago and all the songs on there besides one, which is White Trash Widow, um, they were all written when I was a teenager. And I knew that if I didn't record them then that they probably would never be heard. So I wanted to get them out. Um, and I had a friend in Texas, William Clark Green, that was helping me out quite a bit, get into the scene and, and, um, putting me on stage with him and things like that. And he was kind enough to come in and, and record with me that day. And, um, he's, he's pretty big in Texas. So, uh, so it was, it was really awesome. It was really cool. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, I think it went to number, I think it was number 36 or number 35. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to remember because both of my singles were pretty close together. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. It, it, it debuted um, in the top 100 um, in Texas. So. Now, the question that everybody always asks for a song like that is, does the guy that it was written about know that it was written about him? And has he heard it? <laughs> um, yes, he has heard it. He heard it when I was, when I was, um, we were still kind of dating and I sent it to him. I'm sure he doesn't remember anymore, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and as unfortunate as it is to go through those experiences, when you're a songwriter, it's, I'm sorry that we went through it, but right. thank you for the song idea. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's, it's so therapeutic. I mean, um, you know, Taylor Swift gets dogged for, for writing about other people that broke her heart, but that's just, you know, you write about things, you know, and, and your pain and your heartbreak. So. When you say it's therapeutic, do you say that in the sense of it, it gives you some feeling of closure? Absolutely. Um, there was actually one particular day recently where I was just having a terrible week, um, being the new girl in Nashville, being kind of the rookie, um, pretty tough. 
So I went in and, and got to write with D. Vincent Williams, who wrote um, I'm Moving On by Rascal Flatts. And it was incredible just to be able to write with him, but I was in such a bad mood that day. And, and I walked in and I, I told him, you know, exactly what, how I was feeling and, and just kind of laid it out there. And we wrote this song, and it's to date, it's one of my favorites. Um, but I left feeling a thousand times better. And um, every time I hear it, it makes me feel better. It puts me back in that it's going to be okay mindset. And um, so, yeah, I think it's my therapist. <laughs> but at the same time, a song like this one, like You Still Need Me, if you, if you write a song that is about a painful moment, mm-hmm. then even though it's therapeutic to write it and to get it out of you, isn't hearing it again, or in your case, having yeah. to perform it over and over going to bring mm-hmm. back those memories? Or, or is there some way that, that, that it becomes different once it's done and out, and, and now, I'm, now I'm just performing it? Right. Um, well, I, I like to um, always feel it, even if I'm not really feeling it that mm-hmm. day. Um, I like to try and dive back into that feeling of uh, when I wrote the song, you know, where I was at in that time of my life. Um, I like to relive that moment because it makes my performance better. It makes more authentic. Yeah. It makes me, um, it it helps me to connect with the audience. And, um, I think that they can feel it too. You know, you got to sing a song with conviction or it's just going to be noise. Yeah. They can feel it too when you're not singing it with conviction. And when you are just going mm-hmm. through the motions because, oh, well, I got to play this one. They're exactly. Expecting to. Exactly. But I like what you just said about the mood that you were in when you went to do that co-write mm-hmm. because there's a difference that I'm hearing between, you know, there's a studio that I do a lot of work with where the studio will tell me, they'll say, you know, we tell the artists, you can't bring your problems to the studio because <laughs> it's going to bleed through onto the recording. Right. But it's it's different what you're talking about with a mm-hmm. songwriting session because that's mm-hmm. where you want to bring the emotions to, this, to the to the session and say, I'm yep. feeling this today. I'm feeling this today. Let's write from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why it's you know it's not for everybody because it is it is a very um, you have to be extremely tender and sensitive, but also have a grit to you and, and you got to be tough. You know, you got to be hardened a little bit, but still be able to be emotional and sensitive and and um, tap into that. You know, um, even if you're writing a fun song, <laughs> uh, you just you just have to tap into that emotion. So, um, you know, in the studio, like you said, you go in, you got to be clear minded. You got to be in a you know great mood. And, and if you're not feeling it that day, don't go in the studio. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and of course, the word that comes up, again, talking about songwriting and the position you have to put yourself in is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Some people just, mm-hmm. some people aren't cut out for that. They, don't, so they don't want to. They don't want to let people in and, mm-hmm. and share this, but that's what makes the songs that much better. Right, right. Yeah, if, um, I have had a good run with this EP, and You Still Need Me was a great first release, especially because it's like a four-minute song. <laughs> it's over four minutes. So <laughs> I, it was surprising to me that it was even on the charts, but um, I, I really had fun with that project. Listeners, we're going to take you on this little geographical journey here. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. So <laughs> originally, okay, originally Kenzie is from Texas. Mm-hmm. She went to Nashville went back to Texas, and now earlier this year went, went back, back to, to Nashville, Nashville again. Yes. So you've been living there for about eight months again. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And so just walk the listeners through those journeys back and forth. You know, what was going on that it was the right time to go there and right. what was going on that led you back and, mm-hmm. and then back again. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I grew up doing music all my life. My parents, um, you know, they supported me all my life and took me to perform. And um, it... Yeah, to include in your story, what is this performed at the Grand Ole Opry? Yes. Um, <laughs> so my first trip to Nashville was actually with a band from Texas called Two Tons of Steel. I had been playing with them for a couple of years at, um, you know, Green all, all the dance halls in Texas. And um, <clears throat> they invited me to Nashville to sing with them on the Opry Plaza parties. And I was 11. Um, and <laughs> I had made a trip to Nashville the year before. You must have told the story plenty of times because listeners, did you hear how she said that? I was 11 and I, you know, just like, it's no big thing. Like, so what? I was 11. Well, crazy. Yeah, no, it, it is. It was a crazy experience and, um, it's absolutely insane. But so I sang with them. Um, they did a 90 minute set and I sang a couple songs and, um, someone from outside heard me and ran and to the Opry and grabbed the general manager and said, you've got to hear this little girl. And he came out and listened to a couple songs. And when I got off stage, he pulled me and my parents aside and said, my name is Pete Fisher. I'm general manager of the Grand Ole Opry. And man, you are, I love your voice. You're very talented. Um, how would you like to play the big stage oh tonight? <laughs> this is too cool. I know. I know. Cool. So you know, of course, I was like, what? Yes. And my parents are about to just barf you, all over the you place. Were, you were game on right then oh, and there? Yeah, you weren't scared? And, and no, oh my gosh, this is no. too... Wow. Mm-hmm. No, he said, you've got about an hour and a half or two hours to wow. to get backstage and kind of prep. And wow. it was amazing. Um, I, I sang one song um, with Two Tons of Steel. And I, I believe the first year I sang um, Your Cheating Heart think it was your cheating heart so um and then the following year pete fisher asked me back to Mm. do my own set my own 90 minute set on the on the plaza parties um and i had been singing with um ace and the whole band which is george Strait's band they do like a jam jam session every week and i had been singing with them as well for a couple years so we my parents hired them to be my band it was so cool we um we got to uh rehearse in texas in 105 degree weather with no ac and you know it was really that showed me a lot about what it takes to lead a band to put a performance together um and i was only 12 you know it's so much experience at that time um so we went up there and of course we had no idea but pete came back out and said we would love y'all to play another song on the opry well a lot of the guys in the band had never played the Opry because oh George Strait's schedule never really allowed the Opry. So thanks know. to a 12 year old girl, <laughs> they were going to get the chance finally. Yes. Amazing. It, it, uh, yeah. I, I can't even um, express how I feel about it today. You know, it's, it's mind blowing back then. I knew where I was and I knew the roots of country music, but I really didn't know yeah. Yeah. completely what, what a big deal it was. Um, so after that, my parents, you know, got a lot of advice from people in Nashville. They basically said, what do we do now? I mean, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. our daughter just got on the, on stage at the Opry. What do we do with her? Um, so they said, you know, she should probably grow up around the business. And so my parents, um, were in a position to move me up to Nashville. Okay. Um, my siblings were in college, so it worked out. And, um, 
from about 13 to 19. I, I lived there, went, went to middle school and high school there and mm. started learning how to write songs and play guitar. And I started hanging out on the, on music row a lot and, um, writing with, um, you know, some, some bigger songwriters and things. And when I was about, I was about to turn 19. I was, I was 18. I went to one of my mentors and I said, you know, what do you think? I, I got into Belmont University. I was going to go to Belmont. Um, found out that that my parents weren't going to be able to afford it, and I wasn't going to be able to afford it. So um, it was either stay in Nashville and grind it out or go back to Texas with my family and find my roots. And uh, he told me just that. He said, go go find your roots. Go well, find you, yourself you'd as an artist. You missed all your teenage years. You had missed out on... Right. on well, childhood. I, yeah, <laughs> I say uh, you, you had missed out on, on the... The years of a typical teenager, right? Because exactly. here was this, what started out as eleven and twelve year old mm-hmm. in Nashville. That mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, the reason you're there is we're pushing her into music, right? So it's a chance to go back and say, okay, I can't yeah. really make it up, but I, I can, can go find myself. I can go yeah. exactly, uh, kind of reboot um, as the Texas girl that I originally am. Right, right. You you nailed it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, nobody's put it that way, but it's perfect. Um, yeah, and I, I was, I was so discouraged at that time. I'd been rejected and told no, and and um, you know there were a couple of females that had gotten signed to publishing, and Taylor Swift was really booming at that time, and they were just like, we can't take another chance on a young girl, and you're not ready, you know. And I wasn't. Yeah. Um, I thought I was, but I wasn't, and so I left. I went back to Texas, and and kind of lost my voice for a little bit. Um, went to school, started uh, working at a preschool and considering going to school for teaching. And uh, <laughs> that was just insane. I finally came to my senses. And it was, that's just silly. You know, why would I throw away, you know, a gift? And um, and listeners, if you would see the look on her face right now, <laughs> as she said that, you could see that it's like, what the heck was I doing? Yeah, why was I going was I to school for teaching? Crazy. That was ridiculous. Yes. So, I mean, eventually I'll, I want to do something with children, help them in some way, teach them, whatever. But, you know, my sole purpose in life is to sing and write songs and connect with people. And um, so... I started grinding it out in the Texas music scene, and for like the past five years, I've just hit it really hard. I mean, I can't tell you how many miles. I, I, just in a year, I put over 100,000 miles on one mm. vehicle, and that was not the only vehicle I was driving, you know? Just crazy, crazy amounts of travel and, and booking and uh, promotion and um, merch and performing of course well and as i had said back in the intro that you've played in texas of course but oklahoma louisiana mm-hmm. obviously nashville now here west in virginia Florida, so which is a new yeah, new so one a lot, of, a lot of miles on the car for sure yeah so um i've gone through a lot of vehicles but <laughs> <laughs> my parents don't like me for that <laughs> so if anyone out there has a vehicle that's reliable <laughs> i have a good one now but um anyway so i you know, I've been, I did well in Texas. I was, I was on a roll. I, I got, you know, two singles on the charts and, um, I was just kind of hitting a, hitting a ceiling that I couldn't break through. Um, and I felt like my place was in Nashville again. Country music is coming back around. I'm traditional old school country and I want to bring it back. I want to keep it alive. And, um, 
so I came back, and it's been an amazing eight months. I signed a publishing deal with yeah. Irv Wolsey and I was going to ask you about that because I, I, I wasn't quite clear in my research when that had happened, mm-hmm. and I was going to say how it came to be. I wonder if it's because of the history from the 11 and 12 to years. Do, yeah. But has anything come of that yet? Oh, the, yeah. The publishing deal? For sure. Um, so I started uh, talking to Irv about a year and a half ago, and... Um, he came and saw probably six or seven performances just last year. And, you know, obviously. In Texas? No, in Nashville. Oh, okay. Um, I was going up every couple months, just oh, kind of okay. dipping my toe okay. back in, seeing if I could okay. get some traction. And, and initially, I went up to Irv and I said, you know, my name's Kenzie Coppin. I'm from Texas. And he's from Texas. He's from Wimberley. So off the bat, you know, I said, I met you when I was uh, when I was a little girl. And I told myself I'd work with you someday. Um, I've been around your team forever. And, you know, just told him everything. And, and he was intrigued. So he came and saw me perform. He loves he loved the songs. I and like and um, after about, well, it was it was pretty much a year. March was when I signed my deal and I didn't really announce it then. Um, cause I, I honestly had to let it sink in for a while. I kept thinking, you know, what am I going to do next? Oh my gosh, I have a publishing deal. Yeah, this is crazy. This is, you know, well, I get to but, write but for a living. You probably also thought this is too good to be true. I, I, right. I better just kind of keep <laughs> exactly. it quiet for a while and see like what's, what's yes, going on here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was, it, you know, almost like I was waiting around for it to change somehow, but we are under contract. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So. That's great. Did I understand, did you do a co-write with your sister? Yes. Um, I've co-written a couple songs with my sister. She's older or younger than you? She's older. Um, and I've also written with my brother. They're um, both very creative. My, my whole family is pretty creative. So it's been, a f- it's been really cool to have that as a family affair. So then... Help me understand this self-titled EP that you put out in 2016. Were the songs on there, were those co-writes? Did you write them all yourself or was it a combination of the two? Some you did yourself and some were... It was a combination of the two. Um, I I really enjoy co-writing. I love writing by myself too. Um, I'm doing more co-writing today, but on that EP, um, there's about, I think, three songs that I wrote by myself. Um, Lie to Me... Um, letting go and letting go I wrote when I was um, 15 (laughs) about my dad actually he was mad at me about something and it's you know it kind of sounds like a relationship song but it's it's actually a song about my dad interesting yeah um and then you know lie to me I wrote when I was um about 18 or 19 sorry um I was in a bad relationship and he just told me all the wrong things and I wanted him to lie to me just once and say something good. Mm. So I wrote that, um, white trash widow. I wrote by myself, but that was actually, I wrote that the day before we recorded wow. the EP. Wow. <laughs> I was uh, very angry. Um, <laughs> an ex of mine had slept with my best friend. So oh boy. I got real mad and I wrote a murder <laughs> ballad and <laughs> It only took 30 minutes, but anyways, um, so that's the only newer song on that EP. This next EP I'm working on, which I haven't mentioned, um, I'm recording a new EP right now, six songs, um, and they're all fun, upbeat songs, and they're all songs that I've written in the last year, so I'm really excited to get out, you know. Well, but the the EP that you put out two years ago that, Mm -hmm. that you've been talking about, everybody knows that 
you've been setting up some of these songs that you've been talking about. This is the age I was. This is the place I was in my life. And, and right. these albums, these EPs, these releases are all snapshots mm-hmm. of where the artist is or mm-hmm. the songwriter is in his or her life. For sure. And I think what happens is some people hear those setups. They hear the description and they go, oh, this is this was a high school emotion. Well, guess what? At some point in our life, we all go through high school. Right. We all have high school emotions. Still the same emotion. And there are people that can relate to those songs when mm-hmm. they hear them, whether they're in high school at the time or they hear it and they say, yeah, I remember when I went through that. Right. So right. it's important, listeners, even if you're a casual music listener, you're not even in the business, you're not a songwriter, you're not a performer, to remember that that's what these songwriters are giving you is snapshots of different chapters of their life. And that's what we're hearing here from Kenzie. By the way, I want to make sure that I give credit where credit is due. Kenzie and I would not be able to do what we're doing right now were it not for Tascam. I've got my little Tascam DR44WL sitting here on the countertop. Very cool, by the her way. And I. We've got our Tascam TM60 microphones. I'm wearing my Tascam TH02 headphones. And this Tascam DR44 is very cool. Yeah, because it's tiny. If you're a songwriter and you sound like someone who like always has song ideas in yeah. your head and you just want to like hum it or sing it into something. That's what this DR44 can be used for. I'm cool. using it for interviews, but you know, obviously I've got my external microphones plugged into it. So if you wanted to sing into the built-in microphones, it has built-in microphones. Right, but you can plug in a, a great microphone as well. That's exactly. So cool. And listeners, those of you who listen to the show regularly, thank you very much for doing so. You know that when I'm not out on the road, that when I'm back at home base recording, that my whole rig, the whole setup there is thanks to Tascam. I have a mini studio, which is an audio interface, which again, if you're a musician, you can use something like that. You can do vocals through it. You can do guitar through it. Mm -hmm. So check out all these different options. If you're doing any kind of recording at all, if you're to the point where you're doing demos, if you're doing recordings of your live performances, just go to Tascam.com and check out all the different gear that they have. T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Yeah, this is great for um, this is great for live performances. Absolutely. And how? And how? Because if you want to hear what your show sounded like, that's the beauty. Mm-hmm. In, in this day and age, we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago with Dave Jenkins from Pablo Cruz about back in the day when Pablo Cruz was in the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, recording a live show. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a, a big undertaking. And right. nowadays, with the technology and the and the gear that mm-hmm. we have and how compact everything is. You can hear your show back easy. real easy yeah. right after you get off stage or, so or the cool. next day. Let's get back to some of these songs that we're talking about. You mentioned this name earlier. William Clark Green mm-hmm. was featured on Why You Still Need Me. How did that come to be? Well, um, we had a mutual friend that um, <laughs> as I was trying to figure out if I wanted to do and you know, dive into the music scene or go back to school, I had a friend that that came to me and said, hey, hey, you know, that's absolutely insane. Um, I've got a friend, William Clark Green, that can probably help you in some form or fashion, at least introduce you to somebody. It just so happened that um, he needed a female background vocalist um, that week, or I think two weeks after that, um, to do harmonies because the girl, Danny Flowers, that wrote the songs and sang on the album, she wasn't able to come down, so... I got to do his album release party with him, and he put me front and center on the stage, which was crazy. It was his <laughs> album release party, you know? Wow. But uh, everybody in the business, in the Texas music scene, was there. It was it was a exclusive party, so it really just swung the door wide open, um, and I, I, I really have him to thank 
for that, for allowing me to do that. And then after that, he, um, he let me, you know, sing with them at Lone Star Jam, a big festival in Austin, and Billy Bob's Texas and Fort Worth, which dream come true, you know. Um, so it, it really just it helped me so much, and it, it helped me get in front of a lot of people, um, get me on their radar really quick. So um, he was kind enough to come in the studio when I was there, he had a show in Austin just so happened he had a show in Austin and he swung in there and did it in 30 minutes and I have him to thank forever see and and listeners those of you who are aspiring performers singers songwriters entertainers whatever you're doing Kenzie is testifying to the great example of if you just keep getting the reps if you just Mm -hmm. keep getting yourself out there I mean I can tell I've just met you but I can tell Mm -hmm. that you're someone that's just grinding oh yeah (laughs) really working and and I got the, I got the opportunity to see Kenzie perform a couple nights ago. Real mm-hmm. big voice, Thanks. real great stage presence. Thank I mean, you. someone that if you're in the audience, and and that's why it's great that you're getting all these opportunities to get out and perform right. in front of people mm-hmm. who might be influential and can open these doors and make these connections. Yes. Because you're someone that mm-hmm. when you're on stage, people turn their head and go, "Hold on a second, I well, need to hear you. this girl." Thank you. So you know, just keep doing what you're doing listeners and the breaks will come, but you can't sit at home waiting for the breaks to come. You're not going to get this email that shows up magically. Mm -mm. Your phone's not going to magically ring if you're not out there performing and meeting people. Mm -mm. Um, You know, I've had, this is, this is something I don't really talk about, but for the listeners, for, for anybody out there that's contemplating or, you know, gets discouraged or anything like that. Um, I've had every, uh, the producers of, of America's Got Talent, The Voice, American Idol, Real Country, um, all of those shows, they asked me to audition. And I auditioned for them, and I got rejected and told no and that I wasn't good enough. And this was all within the last couple years. Um, it does not define you. It does not mean that you are not good enough it means work harder get better and make it undeniable you know well and it also means and i'm going to stick up for kenzie here it also means that you're not a fit for their here's the important part their tv show their template because as much as it should be about the talent of Mm -hmm. people like yourself end of the day they are producing a tv show absolutely and sometimes it boils down to let's hear your sob story what do you mean i right. don't have a sob story i have a great it's not voice. necessarily um, to cater to the artist or you know the, the listeners that the artist could connect with um so don't define yourself that way and don't let a no or a rejection or a door in your face get you down just just keep grinding keep going write better songs work on your guitar playing and and your voice i mean i do you know i've had um singers that are like what do you do to, you know, help your voice and blah, blah, blah. And 30 minute warm up, you mm. know, on Spotify playlist, vocal warm up for 30 minutes, anytime before your performance that works wonders, you know, great advice, great advice. And I love your attitude. Thanks for mm-hmm. sharing that Thank you. with everybody. I mean, uh, obviously in the music business, the word no is just so commonplace, yes. but you do have to let it, like water Roll off, off a duck's your back. back, as they say. Yep. And so good for you for having that attitude. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment, where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is... 
borrowed from a conversation two nights ago here at the Songwriters Festival. Be conscious of videos of your performances that other people are posting online. If it's terrible, meaning distorted audio, or if there are people acting ridiculous in the shot, or if it just flat out doesn't depict how you want to be represented, make contact and speak up in a kind but convincing manner so that you are protecting the image of your brand. Even explain to the person posting the video what your intentions are so you get the buy-in from them that you appreciate their passion and support, but would feel better if viewers got to see a better representation of your live show, so please remove the post. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Let's prop Kenzie up a little bit, give her some of the credit <laughs> that she's due here. On the flip side of the nose, Wide Open Country named her their number one pick for their fall 2017 edition of Texas Top Ten Rising Artists. That does have to make you feel good when, yes. you, when you get those types of accolades absolutely, coming in. Absolutely, absolutely. It's really, really cool. Um, it's, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I try to stay super humble about it. It's it's more of a compliment than anything to be recognized, you know, for my art to be recognized. So, You were going to be recording a new EP thanks to the Heart Journey Local Music Foundation. Where do things yes. stand with that project? So I have one more session. Um, we're going to finish up October, the weekend of Halloween. So, hey, right after this uh, podcast airs, we're going to... Um, we're going to have some new music out for y'all, so that's perfect. Um, so we're going to finish up then and and try to get it out as soon as possible. Number of songs, title, anything six, like that? Six songs. I'm not sure what I'm going to title it yet, um, but it's a lot of rowdy, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say risque, but fun, fun songs, um, just girly, fun songs, but not super girly. Um, I don't know. I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Are you working out some of those songs here at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival? Testing oh, yeah. Testing out with the audiences oh, yeah. here? I've been, that's pretty much all the songs I've been playing are the songs that are going to be on the EP, and everyone loves them. So I'm, I'm excited. They're party songs. But do you still use an event like this to do what I just said and oh, test them sure. out and, and watch from the stage and listen to people who approach you afterwards? Absolutely. And now I'm going to ask you the hard-hitting question. I don't want to say do you care, but if you felt like nobody's responding to the song. I've mm -hmm. played it three times at this festival. The crowd mm -hmm. is dead. Mm -hmm. No one's talking to me about it afterwards. You're still going to record it anyways, aren't you? Or, or help me understand that well, process because I don't, I don't know, well, you know if, um, if you let that influence you that much. Right. It, it does. Um, so I, I actually tested these songs out for the past, you know, probably six, six, seven months. Oh, wow. To okay. crowds. Okay. Um, and so it's based a nice off big of sample size. Yes, yes. Um, that's I always do that. I when I have a new song as uncomfortable as it is, you have to go play it out and you know rip the bandaid off, go play it <laughs> out, see the response because there are some songs where people talk over it and they don't care and they don't like it. And that doesn't mean throw it in the trash. It just means set it aside. You can improve on it later. You can maybe tweak it some somehow. But 
you know, if you have barn burners and people are just going crazy over them, absolutely. Yeah. Those, those got to be recorded. I, you know, when people started coming up to me and saying, is, where is that song online? I want to download that song. There you I want to, you know, there you go. That's, that's enough for me. So, so the way I've come to understand it is that you are doing music full time. Yes. Uh, when did you decide to go all in with music and be honest? How scary is it? Or, or does it help motivate you that this yeah. is what I'm doing full time now? Well, is it both? <laughs> <laughs> it's all of it. It's all of the emotions. Um, so it was around the same time that I started singing with William Clark Green. And I, I just decided, like, I, I know that if I don't go all in, if I don't focus my time, it's going to take me twice as long and, um, I'm going to have to be poor. I'm going to have to struggle. I'm going to have to be homeless, you know, and that's okay. That's that, that is the, uh, the price you pay. Um, the, the, the dues you pay is better, better thing to say. Um, and it's all worth it, but it was very scary. I, it took me, it took me a good long while to really accept that I was, you know, giving, giving everything, giving my all to this, this one thing. And that was my music. And that meant never going back, you know, um, and never having a plan B. You have to decide there is no plan B and there won't be because Anyway, so <laughs> um, it is scary, but it is also very empowering when you can achieve when you when you make r- you know rent or if you yep. if you're yep. able to even sign a lease. Like yeah. there was a good um, year and a half, I was floating around from couch, couch to surfing. couch. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. Um, you know, staying at my parents whenever I could, but going anywhere else I could and sleeping in my car sometimes, which is not a good idea. Don't ever do that. Um, <laughs> in case there was any doubt that you had decided to go all in with your music career, since the listeners can't see, tell them what we're looking at oh, here yeah. on your arm. And, okay. and that'll kind of reinforce. I mean, if what she was just saying doesn't hammer home enough, go ahead and tell them what we're looking at here. I've got a... Um, I've got a music staff and notes and treble clef on my forearm that I got tattooed. Yeah, compl- um, it goes completely around her yeah, arm. Yeah, it's a band. You can look on her social media and probably see some pictures yeah. somewhere. Um, so I am a huge Dean Dillon fan. He has written pretty much every George Strait uh, hit. And um, it's the steel guitar intro because I love steel guitar. Steel guitar intro to The Chair by wow. George Strait. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got I've got a few tattoos and and I would say that that kind of that kind of comes with the the grind and the hard um the hard life of being on the road. You know, it's a lot of pain and a lot of endurance and and the fact that I could get this surpri- I surprised myself, you know. <laughs> well, but I'm interested to to hear you say that that is an actual song because I think if yeah. someone just looks at it they're going to go, "Oh, look at that. She's got yeah, musical she's got music notes." notes. Yeah, I've had people cool. say that. "Oh, what? Just music notes?" No, it's one of my it's my favorite country song <laughs> of all time. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. So, okay, so we're putting you on this roller coaster here of <laughs> the highs and the lows. Two months ago, you made your Bluebird Cafe debut. How was that? Oh, my gosh. That was incredible. <laughs> that Yes, I have um, dreamed about that, you know, forever. I sang at their songwriter's night when I was a kid, but, you know, always wanted to be in this in a writer's round. And um, just a couple of years ago, I was watching before Maren Morris got famous. She was she had her 
debut and I saw a video of it and it just inspired me so much. And now she's where she is and it's, it's exciting. But um, that was very cool. Just being in a room of people who are hanging on to every word and, and really appreciating what you do, um, especially with great other songwriters, you know. But for you, was it super exciting or was it super nervous or was it somehow both? You know, I thought it was going to be a nervous wreck, um, but it was the perfect storm. It was the perfect amount of anxiety and excitement and confidence, you know. Um, It was fun. It was really fun. Now, um, you recently did a GoFundMe to raise money. What was that for, to make new music or was that for something else? It actually is for, um, well, I had to travel, after having to travel back and forth from Texas to Nashville a lot to go record. Um, travel expenses, um, it was supposed to be for mixing and mastering, but the foundation actually did cover that portion of wow. it. Um, and they told me after I started the GoFundMe, so <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, I paid for, you know, my musicians and... Um, also distribution getting hard copies of the cd and stuff like that um so i i met my goal which thank you to everyone who donated um they're going to get an awesome little care package once i have my music out and um just thank you so much it's it's helped me a lot well, and, and what a blessing it is to not only get the gofundme fully funded but mm-hmm. for the heart journey let's give them their yes, props the heart journey absolutely. local music foundation for them to come through with funding as well for sure they they um gave me this it, it's kind of like a sponsorship or um a scholarship type thing they do a golf tournament every year and and have artists and songwriters play with you know just just uh, fans and uh so it is very generous of them they had they made a a good good amount this year and they were able to help a couple extra artists and I was one of them so thank you so much to Ray Davis and the Heart Journey Local Music Foundation and they are based in Texas yes I'm assuming they are Fort Worth and listeners I am on location in Pensacola Beach site of the 10th Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival my guest today is singer songwriter guitar player Kenzie Coppin Check out her official website at KenzieCoppin.com. We will have a link to her website from the show page for this episode on NHTE.net. Certainly, she is on social media, too. Look for Kenzie on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Of course, we talked already about her self-titled debut EP that came out two years ago. Do look for that. Purchase it online. Support her. She is on Spotify, on iTunes, on Amazon. As for this show, I haven't talked about this in a while. Shame on me, but hopefully you know by this point, after four and a half years of me doing this show every week, I am an artist manager. So if you are looking for help with your music career, I offer video consultations so that regardless of where you are in the world, I was going to say in the country, but in the world, we can get online in a private session and I can help you out with whatever facet of your career you need. Even if it's just help me with my website, it's terrible, or my social media, or whatever concerns you have, bring those challenges to me. Just go to the website that I mentioned, nhte.net, and then click on Home. And you'll see an article there that says video consultations available. It has all the details of how you can book either a 15, a 30, or a 60-minute session with me. And like I said, that's a private chat between the two of us. We'll be on camera. You can share screens if you need me to look at something on your site. Let me get on there and help you out with whatever it is that you need assistance with. 
Kenzie, I'm wondering, in your case, in terms of social media, Mitch and YouTube, any plans for a traditional, proper, formal music video anytime soon? Oh, I want to do one so bad. Um, yes, I. It's it's just gonna have to come after my single comes out. I don't. I haven't decided which single I want. I thought I knew, but um, once I know, I'll I'll get together a little music video. I actually have. Um, I came out with uh, a year and a half ago, I believe. Um, I came out with a Christmas single, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," and I did a, a music video with that. So that's on YouTube. Um, check that out for the holidays. And it's also on iTunes and all that. You can download it or just stream it. Streaming is awesome, y'all. Please stream. Um, it's the new way. So, um, yeah, but there are some performance videos of Kenzie on her YouTube channel also I do want to mention. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to uh, update all that, but <laughs> I'm working on it. So look for a music video. Look for um, new music. And um, thank you to the listeners for first of all, listening, second of all, buying my music if you do, and following me. Um, And thank you for everything. I think it's awesome, by the way, that you're doing this management thing online, um, especially through your website. Um, Any independent artists or up-and-coming artists that aren't sure, definitely do that. It is a great tool. You've got to have tools. (laughs) I mentioned that I got to see you in a round here the other night with Bernie Nelson. The, The two of you had a really nice rapport. He, he played during some of your songs. You mm-hmm. did some harmonies during some of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike some other artists who are pretty much going it alone, how helpful is that to have someone like that on your hip to support you and get advice from and work with? It's, it's crucial. It really is. Um, to have a veteran songwriter like himself helping me has, has, just like we were talking about, you know, relationships and opening doors and getting out and talking to people. Um, we met in Stephenville and he actually convinced me to move back to Nashville and said, mm. you've, you're ready. You've got it. Let's do this. Wow. And he has helped me so much. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be here at, in Pensacola beach right now if it weren't for him. Well, but you know, it's a credit to him that as I sat there and watched the other night, you didn't look like, I'm trying to say this in a way that it, when I say you didn't look like you needed him, I mm. mean that in a way of, you weren't turning to him every 15 seconds. Am I doing mm-hmm. okay? You know, and, and to his credit, he seemed like he was very, Hey, Hands she's off. a big girl. She's, you know, right. listen to her voice. You know, she, yeah. she does just fine on her own, but yet I could tell there was this really nice rapport that the two of you had. And, and I, I'm saying this as a credit to him, mm-hmm. but also as a credit to this, this nice relationship that the yeah. two of you seem to have formed. And, yeah. and that was just me one time observing this from the audience. Well, you pinned it. You pinned it good. Um, he is one of the best people I know. Um, he's a, a great mentor. He's, um, like I said, opened a lot of doors and, and introduced me to a lot of songwriters that have been my idols forever. You know, um, People that you probably otherwise wouldn't have gotten the opportunity exactly. to meet if it wasn't for a veteran that yes. says, hey, this girl's okay. Yeah, you know, and, and pretty talented. You know, during our performance last night at Sandbar, he, he got emotional and, and said, you know, if it weren't for for so-and-so who gave me a chance and took me under his wing and I, I couldn't represent, you know, I couldn't do this for her, you know, and, and that, that was really special um, because it, it really is about relationships and that one person who believes in you so much that they'll help you break down the doors, you know. 
What is this about France? Did you go there or are you going there? I, I believe this is no, to perform, that, by the way. No, that was, that was actually old. Um, I was supposed to, and they, they picked someone else, but that's okay. Ah, okay, okay. And then getting back to here in Pensacola Beach, listeners, as I mentioned, Kenzie and I find ourselves here because of the 10th Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival. Go back to episode 224. I interviewed Renita Cross back in May. She's the one that runs this whole thing. I believe this is your first time at this festival it is yes, yes it's actually my how, first songwriters festival how has it been for you what what were your expectations um i didn't really have any i like to go into any situations without expectations um but you know i i uh, i've been really impressed um kind of just butterflies the whole time because of all the songwriters that you know i've been listening to their songs they their songs inspired me so much and um it's it's been really great. It's been fun and refreshing because you can do only your original songs and, and people don't people don't sit there waiting for you to do cover songs. Right, that, that's really refreshing. Um, Texas, I would I was singing three or four hours a night. Um, you know, a lot of originals, but a lot of covers too. And yeah. and the bar, the bar wanted me to do covers, and you know, sure, yeah, sure. it's really nice. It's really nice to showcase what the hard work we put into our songs and and you know our music it's nice to to get it out there and it's not too terrible to be in the yeah. sun on the beach to wear <laughs> shorts and flip-flops not and terrible at all yeah i, I, <laughs> I, I was kind of scared there were going to be cameras because <laughs> i was about ready to go to the pool but i like not wearing makeup to the beach you know so <laughs> what will the final two months of 2018 look like for you recording performing writing some combination of those yes um a lot of writing for sure um i'm obviously going to be putting my music out um and i'm really just i think i'm going to be focusing on getting my tour schedules together to tour the ep and and things like that um nashville kind of shuts down during the holidays so it gives me some time to focus on the touring side of things and and um all that good stuff listeners i mentioned that she is a guitar player in addition to singer and songwriter you know that i've talked before about my guitar is a boulder creek guitar we had Michael Peterson on while I was here at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival. Talk to him. He is one of the many Boulder Creek guitar artists. If you go on their website, you can not only locate a dealer, but you can see the many, many, many artists that play Boulder Creek guitars. And this is where I should clarify. They do guitars, basses, and ukuleles, but big names. We're talking Lee Bryce. We're talking people from Fleetwood Mac. We're talking people from Three Doors Down, Sarah McLaughlin, the list is way longer than I care to rattle off here on this podcast. But go to bouldercreekguitars.com. Learn about the suspended bracing system. It's okay to not know what that means, but go and look at that site, watch the videos, or go back to the interview that I did with Jeff Stramitz, who is a regular singing, songwriting, multi-instrumentalist, gigging musician, but happens to be the president and CEO of Boulder Creek Guitars. And he explains on that interview that I did with him what that means, what the suspended bracing system is, and why it makes Boulder Creek guitars so different. When you look at their website, you're going to see that the sound hole is somewhere different. Don't let that be, oh, this is what makes them different. That's not what makes them different. It's just part of it. Boulder Creek guitars, it's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Kenzie, you've got music that's available on Spotify, on iTunes, on Amazon. I take it when this new EP of yours comes out, People will be be able to get it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so the touring that you're talking about, 
Am I understanding that you're saying that Nashville shuts down around the holidays, so you will go on the road then? Um, well, I'll be I'll be booking, um, and and you know if I can go on the road, you know during those those times. Hopefully, Texas, West Virginia. Um, I've been really focusing on West Virginia lately, and they've they've uh, responded very well. So hopefully, I can do a little run there. Um, obviously, Texas, Oklahoma has been asking me to come back or you know, come play. So, um, I, I book my own shows. Um, I had, do have a little help from, uh, inside out management. Um, Scott Moore, he's great. He's been helping me with Texas shows, but, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to, to book shows and get with venues and stuff. And it's been a while since I did it. So it'll be a good little, little time to, you know, um, not be writing songs and, and, I'll still be writing, but not every week. You know? So for the aspiring performers who are listening, you're mentioning West Virginia is starting to become a place for you to play. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Is it, I know somebody there. Is it, no, I just happened to get a gig there. Is it just quite simply geography? Well, um, it actually was kind of a, kind of a freak thing. Um, the guy, there's a guy up there that, that um, I, th- I believe has, a lot of history with um, his family owning a lot of West Virginia, basically. And uh, his right-hand partner um, found me online somehow or heard me on, um, I think, Outlaw Country on Sirius one year. It was at uh, Larry Joe Taylor Festival. And he followed me and, and, and started... <laughs> following me and saw that I signed with Irv in Nashville and got in touch with the Davison brothers who are also signed under management with Irv and they are from West Virginia and they tour West Virginia and they've got good connections there and um, I had just met them and, and become acquainted with them and so they asked me well, hey, you know, we've got we've got some fans of yours up in West Virginia and you want to come play <laughs> like, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a blast. And, and I had a lot of people, you know, wanting me to come back. So I did another little little tour recently and it was really great. Um, they're asking me back. So, you know, it's I think it's, you know, more that I focused a lot on Texas and Texas is so huge um, that. I've got to, I've got to cover the same, pretty much the same area as Texas, as far as, you know, North and East and, and West. So, you know, I just have to expand out and, uh, I've got a few people in different States that have told me, you know, you should play at this venue, this venue, this venue. So it's just a matter of getting those in line and, yeah, I was going to say we, we need to get you a gig down in Tampa, but that's, oh, a, that's a long way to go with I would do for, it though. just one show. I'd do it. All right, we'll, we'll work on that off the air for her. <laughs> in the meantime, we're going to close today with a song of Kenzie's called Lie to Me. So before we let you go, just tell the listeners about this song. Well, this song, um, I talked about it earlier, uh, about you know what I wrote it about, but it actually went, um, I think it was... I think it was like number 31, I believe 30, 31 or 32 on the Texas charts wrote, um, wrote it by myself and, uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's, it's, you know, uh, really, really at the base of my heart and soul. And this is the one that you said that you wrote the day before. No, that's, oh, it's that's not. white trash widow. Okay. Y'all go okay. check that one out. It's a murder ballad. Um, yeah, I was going to say, even though we're not going to play it, go ahead and tell them what that, yeah. what that song is about. Yeah, well, I, uh, my, 
you know, I just had an unfortunate situation. My ex-boyfriend slept with my best friend and, um, I was really mad. I went home and, and, uh, I had sent, we, we had done some, uh, rough tracks of the songs that we were going to go in and, and record the next day. And I sent them off to a mentor of mine and he said, um, Nashville's not going to get this. Nobody's going to get this. You need to write something with real attitude. And I was already just booming like mad, you know, from the situation that happened. Then he told me that. And I sat down and wrote that song in 30 minutes. I was like, is that attitude wow. enough for wow. you? <laughs> wow. You know, That's cool. um, but it's, it's one of my favorites. I actually changed the ending because, um, I initially made it, I wrote it as a murder suicide and I've just had a lot of, um, suicide it's just not not really yeah. good to talk about. So yeah. I changed the ending. It's not in the recording, but my live shows and everything, I do it the other way. Mm, interesting. <laughs> okay. So well, I'd like to one day re- re-record it. Well, and I was going to say, listeners, that's all the more incentive for you to keep up with her online so you can go see where and when you can yeah. go see her perform live. And then when she does that song, you can hear that version revised, as opposed revised to the version. version that you are going to go and get of hers yes. from iTunes. In the meantime, Kenzie, thanks ever so much. Thank this you been, so much. really been great. I've enjoyed it's it. It's been awesome. It's my first podcast, so thanks. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Love it. My thanks today to Kenzie Coppin, singer, songwriter, guitar player. Visit her online at KenzieCoppin.com. Again, we will have a link to her website from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then engage with her on social media. So here I go. I'm going to bang my fist on the table. Yes. You've got to do this. I've already done this. So listeners, you have to do it too. Like her Facebook page. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to her YouTube channel. And then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell you heard her and her music. Uh, now hear this entertainment. Remember that her music is available. Streaming on Spotify. Do purchase it from iTunes, Amazon, other online music retailers. And as I just said, keep up with her online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live. She does have, as you heard, a new EP coming out later this year. So look for when it's released and then support her, buy her music, and then go see her perform live. As I mentioned before, if you are an aspiring artist and you need any kind of help whatsoever with your career, do get in touch with me so that I can help you. Just go to nhte.net, which is our show website, and click on the home button. Or if you want a little shortcut, just go to nowhearthis.biz. It's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz. And you will see an article that says video consultations now available. Book a 15-minute session with me, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, just private one-on-one. That's where you can be vulnerable, like we talked about before. Tell me what your challenges are, and let's get you on the road and get you moving up just like Kenzie is. In the meantime, I want to thank you ever so much for listening to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. We will send you out with another song by Kenzie Coppin. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Lie to Me. You say you're just being honest. But it's just what's on your mind. Too close to commitment. Too close to being alone tonight. You want to have some new time. I just want to feel your touch. If you're being forthcoming, or for me.
protective charm If you walk alone, I'll follow I'll make sure to catch every tear So say that you want me That's what I Love.